At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome in. It is The Edge here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network, and a good show on tap. A lot of Super Bowl recap. Johnny Avello is going to be with us 30 minutes from now to recap what looked like, should be, a pretty good day for the guys behind the counter. A good day for a lot of people here at VSN, including myself and mm-hmm. yourself. Matt Eubens, what's up, man? I thought it was a pretty good game last night. Not a, not a classic like they're billing it on uh, NFL Network today. An instant classic yeah. game. No, it was not a classic game, but it was... It was a pretty good game, another down-to-the-wire playoff game. Really, if you think about it, that's the seventh straight playoff game decided by a field goal. Actually, Correct. one of those one of those seven was decided by six in overtime. But uh, you got seven down-to-the-wire playoff games to finish the year. You can't ask for much more. Now, there's a lot to talk about here because I, I believe that uh, even after winning the Super Bowl, Sean McVay hurt his reputation last night. And I oh, think that boy. you have to uh, – we have to criticize Joe Burrow for the first time in two weeks because uh, – You mean Tom Brady 2.0? We're allowed to do this? The killer, Joe Burrow. Almost killed himself. Did not finish the job last night, and Sean McVay did uh, everything he could to try to steer the Rams into the uh, loss column. Yeah, there's a lot to, to discuss from the game. So, of course, the final score, 23-20. to 20. Uh, The results in terms of side and total, Bengals get the cover, and the game goes under. Uh, right, One of the things that the market got right immediately, right – Plummeted to the under, opened mm-hmm. up 50 and a half, went all the way down to 48 and a half. And by the way, kudos to Chris Andrews. He came on with us on Friday. You remember what he told us? His total was what, 43, I think he said, or 42 yeah. and a half, something like that. Somewhere and, around 43, 43 right. and a half, 44. And we were like, wow, that low. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. right on, man, with that. So, yeah, 23 to 20 final score here. And arguably, what should have been a lower score because the Bengals, uh, okay, we'll say given a touchdown and offensive pass interference in which uh, Jalen Ramsey's face mask was yoinked. Uh, on a, a big touchdown pass right at the beginning of the second half. So let's start with the Rams and the winning side here. And, and let's get the negative stuff out of the way because I would completely agree with you. Uh, Sean McVay yesterday got away with murder with the way that he was calling the game. Uh, consistently putting himself and his team in third and long situations with an awful running game that he, for some reason, just wanted to pound his face into the ground with mm-hmm. by running on early downs and setting up these third and sevens. Um, getting away with what I thought was a somewhat risky play having Cooper Cup run eight yards to convert a first down on a fourth and one. But what'd you make of McVay? Because I think the play calling was pretty bad for McVay yesterday. Uh, I thought that uh, Sean McVay had one of his worst games. Yep. And he also, he also 
did not have a very good NFC championship game. His use of uh, challenges and timeouts uh, was uh, dubious at best. Mm-hmm. You know, for a guy who's considered an offensive innovator, are you, how many times you got to run the ball on first down, on second down, and like you said, set up third and eight, third and nine? They were getting 1.9 yards per carry. Yep. Akers himself was 1.6. Like, it was ridiculous. Mix it up a little bit. And, uh, I mean, I think he put Matthew Stafford in a tough situation. How many times are you going to ask your quarterback to convert third and longs? Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean McVay uh, had one of his uh, worst games, one of his worst games. But he's a Super Bowl champion today, and he's going to be praised by a lot of people. And uh, this is a topic we're going to talk about a little bit more on the Follow the Money show tomorrow morning because I, I think it was Paul Howard this morning who said that Sean McVay has a lot of people duped. And, um, you know, I think he's a very bright guy, he, and he does a lot of things right. But, man, he does not call games very well, and he does not manage games very well. I think he gets a little bit too emotional on the sideline at times. He was too conservative with his play calling last night. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about with Sean McVay. As far as Joe Burrow goes, you got to throw the ball away once in a while. You can't take it. He took seven sacks. At least three of those should have been throwaways. And at the end of the game, uh, he just didn't make the play when he had to. You know you got to get that ball out of your hands fast. You can't sit back there in the pocket and set up, pitch a tent. Uh, the pressure's coming. you got to make a play. I think Joe Burrow showed a little bit of his inexperience in the Super Bowl because – you know, you can say the offensive line broke down. Burrow was sacked seven times. I put at least three of those sacks on Burrow. You've got to throw the ball away. You can't just tuck it and take a sack every time. Really quickly, before we move to Burrow, I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on McVay because one of the things that I thought really, I guess for lack of a better term, screwed McVay because I think he's shown that he's not the greatest guy at adjustments, right? Like if there's a wrench thrown into the game plan, <laughs> then all of a sudden we don't really know how to react. Right. But I think the wrench this time around was early on losing Odo Beckham Jr. Because this offense looked re- – I thought they were going to blow him out. Of initially, right? They were going up and down the field. There were some big plays there, right? End of the first quarter, going into the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Odo Beckham Jr. with the touchdown, another big play getting behind the defense. It looked like Stafford was pretty comfortable. Like, And you got two big plays early from Cup and Beckham Jr. It seemed that the offense was really humming along. Then you lose Beckham Jr., then you're down to tight end, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, let's start running the ball because we don't really have that many weapons until finally the, fa- the final drive. They're like, oh, wait, we still have Cooper Cup. Let's start just getting it to this guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought the Rams squandered an opportunity in the first half to kind of blow the game open. Yeah. And when they did squander that chance, I knew the Bengals were going to be in it with a chance to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked me at halftime, what do you think? I said, well, the Rams should have a bigger lead right now. Joe Burrow is going to be dangerous. I think the Bengals are live to win the game. And they were uh, until the final drive. And, you know, you could say the Bengals got some help by the officials on the long touchdown pass. It should have been P.I., uh, the Rams also got to go ahead touchdown thanks to uh, the officials. Uh, officials looked like they were hell bent to throw flags until the Rams just got to the and end they zone. They just came out of nowhere, yeah. right? Let's like just it keep was throwing actually... flags until we just keep giving the Rams first downs until they get in the end zone. <laughs> it was like a, it was a well called game for the most part. Like you didn't see the officials at all, and then it's like at halftime they met and they were like, "Guys, we got to get right. in this." Thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> and then we got to get in the game. Let's go. Let's turn this into a flag fest. Right. And, uh, I don't know. I, all in all, it was a pretty good game down to the wire. That's what you want in the Super Bowl. You don't want a Super Blowout. We've had too many of those in the past 30 years. Recently, we've uh, been lucky with a lot of close games. I think if you laid the three and a half, you're a little bit unlucky because of the botched extra point. Uh, yeah. You laid the three and a half. You know, it's really interesting uh, how this game played out landing on three because I said for two weeks, I thought the Rams were going to win by three. I wouldn't lay more than three. They probably should have won by four. Uh, but the Bengals, you know, were driving there at the end with a chance to win the game. So you could say, well, Bengals plus four and a half was probably the right side. Yeah. Once the Rams squandered their chance to blow it open in the first half, 
the Bengals plus four and a half was a good bet, and you knew it. But Derek Stevens told me at Circuit yesterday that nine of their ten most respected betters were on the Rams. Nice. And, and two of the betters I respect the most were on the Rams. Me. But they were, well, aside from you. <laughs> and the other two I'm talking about were yeah. both on the Rams' money line. Yeah. And they laid 185 and 190. I don't know what Billy Walters laid, but I've, I've been told that he was on the Rams. I don't know if he laid the points. I don't think Billy is typically the guy who lays the money line. Uh, He he probably laid three and a half is what I'm guessing. I don't know that for a fact, but um, sources did tell me that Billy Walters was on the Rams in this game. He had that interview with V-CIN on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was on money line or points, but I know plenty of uh, sharp bettors who typically uh, don't lay money lines who were on the Rams' money line in the Super Bowl, and that worked out well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that Billy Walters interview, if you want to watch it, vison.com. It's yeah. up there. Um, so from the Rams' perspective, really, and I will say this, you know, you mentioned a little unlucky with, with the uh, the Rams and the results, minus three and a half. I'll also say, and because nobody can prove me wrong, because I had Odo Beckham Jr. 25-1 to win Super Bowl MVP, got off to a damn good start, wow. Odo Beckham Jr. did. And it looked like maybe that was going to be the game that's, for him. That's an unlucky break, too, because – I had OBJ, remember last yep. week I talked about I had the dream they scored the first That's TD. Right, yeah. So I bet him to score the first TD of the game. That cash is 8-1. to one. And at that point, I thought you were in a pretty good position to cash your OBJ MVP prop because he gets one more one more touchdown catch, he's probably going to be the MVP of the game. Right. And he goes out with a blown knee, and that's it. Yeah, that really sucks. Cooper but Cup's numbers were not off the charts by any means. He went under his prop no. totals for catches and yards, right? Right. And, uh, and yet still got MVP because he had the two touchdowns, which tells you that OBJ probably would have been MVP if he, you know, if he didn't get injured and he catches one more TD. Yeah. He's probably MVP. And here's the thing with that. So, as you mentioned, Cooper Cup wins MVP. Very popular selection to win it. Uh, but personally, I th- and this is just more of like a get on a platform and say something here. I think you got to reevaluate how you vote for MVP when you're like somebody who has the award. If you watched that final drive and what Aaron Donald did in this game throughout, how big a part of there was at one point you see him he gets three offensive linemen on him, mm-hmm. right? Because he's generating so much pressure. And those final those final two plays where I think he yanks Mixon back from the first down to keep it at fourth and one, right, right. and then of course you know what he does on oh, fourth and one to end point. the game. Like the last two plays, he takes over the game and single handedly wins it for him. Mm-hmm. He was great, and I like I'm not gonna like get mad that Cooper Cup won MVP. But I really thought that if you actually watched what happened yesterday, Donald was one of the driving forces. They were 3 of 14 on third down, the Bengals were. No question. He and that defense were such well, a big that, part of that it. That third down stuff on the run was the biggest play of the game. Because yep. you knew the Bengals were not going to run it on third and fourth downs after they got stuffed on third down. So then Aaron Donald could pin his ears back. It was such a good play. And man. go after Joe. Yeah. I, I thought somebody asked me after the game, who's the MVP? Who do you think the MVP is? And I said, yeah, I, I give Aaron Donald a, a slight edge over – uh, Cooper Cup probably. I thought Donald should have been MVP. Now, I didn't. I didn't bet that. I bet Burrow to be MVP at plus two seventy, two two fifty and two seventy five. If he could have finished off that last drive, he probably would have been MVP. But that's a big if. It didn't happen. Yep. By the way, the replay of the Super Bowl is on NFL Network uh, right now, and uh, two of the props are cast early. Pump before scores uh, for each team, and this Super Bowl did get off to a slow start. Never. Never really even threatened to turn into a shootout. That was the one thing was uh, we thought maybe this game would really take off, but never really did take off in terms of uh, the passing and the scoring. Well, and how about the how about the uh, the, the sexy prop that was before everything else? Um, the kickoff return, or excuse me, the, the opening kickoff return for a touchdown or returned. If I could talk, I don't. Was there a single kickoff returned at all? I think all of them were touchbacks in this game. 
And obviously, uh, the first kickoff to be a touchback, no, was a very popular prop. Very popular. Everybody played that. Derek Stevens told me I think it was uh, more than a $30,000 win for the Circus Sportsbook just on that prop. Yeah. yeah. It's great, though, man. Like, right at the opening kick, I'm like, all right, we got to watch this. Let's see what happens. And then it just it, ah, sails out of the end zone. All right. No, nothing fancy there. So, yeah, well, that was what? one of the biggest if, ones. All right, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. That was McPherson kicking off was a key to that. I think if Gay had kicked off yep. to open the game, it probably would have been returned. Uh, that's just speculation, though. No, I would agree with that. And McPherson, too, by the way, uh, loved the halftime show, as did I. Did you see him out I there? Did, you know, I missed the halftime show. No, you watched the whole thing. I didn't, I didn't watch the halftime show. It was great. It was great. VSIN, speaking of great, has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now, get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Do you only have Happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit vcin.com slash madness to sign up today. We're not done with the Super Bowl wide any stretch. Talk about the Bengals when we come back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, folks, if you missed out on Sunday, well, yesterday our own Brent Musburger sat down with legendary sports better Billy Walters for only his second public interview. Full hour of this exclusive chat with one of the most feared sports bettors of our time currently available up on vcin.com. That's right. Watch it in full only on vcin.com right now. Check it out. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. So we brought up the Joe Burrow aspect of things, and I, I thought uh, Joe the killer Burrow did not look like that much uh, of a killer yesterday. He looked solid, right, and at times, but I saw a retweet. I think it was Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, because there was a stat news tweet like, Joe Burrow, the most sack quarterback in the playoffs, got to get this guy an offensive line, and it was retweeted with, sacks are also a quarterback stat, which is very true. Burrow yesterday, I thought at times, while there were some snaps in which he was pressured, there was not by any, any fault of his own, also probably should have gotten rid of the ball and could have avoided many, many of those sacks. You said, what, three or four you thought? He could I thought have at least three should right. have been throwaways. And um, you can't just tuck the ball and take a sack every time. Throw the ball away. He had three opportunities where he could have done that easily and instead took a sack. And I just uh, I, I think it's unfair to put the blame, all the blame on the offensive line, which a lot of people do. You say, well, he took seven sacks. The line sucks. Quarterbacks, you got to get rid of the ball. Yep. Uh, there's a reason why guys like – Tom Brady, Drew Brees were so seldom sacked. Those guys were good at getting the ball out fast, and that's what you got to do. You can't just, uh, like I said, pitch a tent back there and think everything's going to be okay. 
So and I, I thought too that like, there were some weird throws from him as well. Like, uh, he wasn't that good. I, uh, it, seemed right? like the, it seemed like the nerves might have got to him or something what? because Joe the Killer Burrow. Joe the Killer Burrow was not a killer in the Super Bowl Fifty Six. I was, I, I think he did show his inexperience and yeah. you know, <clears throat> the gravity of a game like that can get to a guy sometimes. And I think it got to Sean McVay. Wasn't it? Uh, was it Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi talking this morning about how? Sean McVay was quivering or shaking. Ooh, quivering's lot. insulting. Huh? I feel like he was shaking. Was he nervous? Quivering's too. He didn't have a steady hand, did he? <laughs> no, did, I don't did, think did so. he have a, a, a nervous hand? Well, it's when my Super Bowl MVP went down. That's what that's what yeah. happened. And then he then he kind of. Uh, I, I just I, I felt like Joe Burrow just was not as accurate as he typically is. And he didn't have a lot of incompletions. He was twenty two for thirty three. He he had a decent game, but he uh, he didn't he didn't really make many plays when he had to. Let's put it that way. Yep. So I, I wanted to bring this up because there's not like when you look at the like, for example, if the Bengals, I thought the Bengals, if they had won, were going to be a fascinating conversation about MVP. I probably thought it was going to be Mixon. Mixon ran the ball extremely well. Mixon threw a touchdown. Like if they were going to pull that game off yesterday, I thought Mixon was probably mm-hmm. their best uh, candidate to win MVP. But when you lose a Super Bowl, there's not much to glean from a loss here. But it is worth looking at this going forward. And I am really interested. So as you look at the odds for next year, humans, uh, you have in some spots like DraftKings, for example, the Cincinnati Bengals tied for third with two other teams from uh, for Super Bowl odds, right? 14 to one. That's the Dallas Cowboys, the San Francisco 49ers, and then Cincinnati Bengals all at 14 to one. Uh, if this is a glimpse into some of the numbers we're going to get preseason, yeah. like win totals, all of those things. Um, I hate to say it. Don't call me a hater. Give me everything anti-Cincinnati Bengal next year. Well, I don't think the Bengals are going to get back. Right, but the, the, the market is clearly a little high on like 12 to one over at BetMGM. Come on. Well, it's a great thing about Circa. If uh, if you want, you can bet the no. Yep. Circa puts up yes, no. Now you're going to have to <laughs> lay a huge right. price to bet no on the Bengals. You're probably not going to want to do that. But uh, if you got a, a lot of disposable uh, money sitting around, uh, you can bet the no on the Bengals. I I think the Bills are going to be uh, really popular with the betting public. That's I, I really not going out on a limb there. I think that's going to be the uh, the hot team with the public yeah. going into the 2022 season. Uh, I'm not so sure about the Niners because of Trey Lance. You just don't know what to expect. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these numbers last night and saying, okay, is there value somewhere on this futures board? Which team could kind of emerge from the pack, kind of like the Bengals did this year? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I see that team yet. And we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to end up in Denver? If so, the Broncos are going to be – at some point you're going to see the Broncos if Rodgers is there at single-digit odds too. Right now 16-1 to at BetMGM. You put Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos. What what do you think you see there? Six oh, to one. I was going to say yeah, they're in the range of those, that seven fifty price right up there. They're going to be six, Absolutely. seven, eight to one somewhere yep. in that neighborhood. So the, the Broncos will probably be in single digits. I haven't found my sleeper team yet, but I know the Bills are going to be popular, very popular uh, team with the betting public and futures. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. So and the reason why I brought up the Bengals, who with that is, I'm just talking about from the grand like. Clearly, the market's going to be pretty high on Cincinnati after this run of the Super Bowl for next year, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to be mispriced. So when we finally get win totals, things like that, like if it's like a 10.5 win total, well, let's go. Uh, better under. But regardless, one of the things you talk about sleepers for next year, you know, we get a lot of news, too, coming out. For example, the Indianapolis Colts could be moving off of Carson Wentz, opening up their quarterback position. Does that mean they're acquiring a Jimmy Garoppolo type or going after Russell uh, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. who was seen, of course, telling Roger Goodell, get me out of here because Seattle sucks. I'm just, of course, uh, speculating there. Um, even like all of these other teams that are in this range, I think one of the first Super Bowl bets that was reported was uh, the Raiders were taken at 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl for next mm-hmm. year. 
sounds like there's a report that Derek Carr is willing to adjust his uh, salary to get Devontae Adams over to the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. How much does that change things for you? But I, I think out of all of those, a Buccaneers type who have been tied to Russell Wilson in some vague reports as well, like those 22 to 50 to one shots are probably where you're looking, but you're also just speculating on news that is out there and hoping that you can kind of hit it. Like last year, for example, after the Super Bowl, I bet the Broncos at 66 to one to win this Super Bowl that just passed. Yeah. Because I was like, hey, why not? Right? They could get Deshaun Watson. They could get Aaron Rodgers. Ultimately, it didn't work out, but it's kind of the shot you got to take sometimes. Uh, yeah, if you're going to find a long shot, it's going to be uh, it's going to be something like that. You're speculating where a quarterback could end up, like the Deshaun Vikings? Watson or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'll pass on the Commanders. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. No thanks on the Commanders. You know, one thing we have to do on this show, maybe we'll do it next week, is talk about the new coaching hires. Yeah. And uh, it, I would say more or less. Does this make you more or less optimistic about that team? Uh, when we look at futures, win totals, division odds, things like that in the offseason, which co- coaching hires we liked or didn't like and uh, makes you more or less optimistic about that team in terms of futures. The Raiders, I would say I'm more optimistic. Mm-hmm. I, I would say Especially that. if you get Devontae Adams. Now, that's right. a big if. We have no idea if that's going to happen. But if you get Devontae Adams, like, uh, think about the AFC West and how loaded that division is going to be if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver mm-hmm. with the Chargers, Raiders, uh, Broncos and Chiefs? Are you kidding me? That's the best division in the NFL if Rodgers goes to uh, the Broncos. Well, and the reason why I brought up, so if you're watching the broadcast, you threw up the Super Bowl futures there, the, the team at the top of the left column, uh, who is the team that I bet on the Vikings this year to right to win the mm-hmm. NFC, had them at a, bit, a big price. Think about what the NFC North could be if what happens, what we expect to happen happens, right? Which is Aaron Rodgers leaving. Right. Then you're talking about the Chicago Bears who are going through whatever they're the going through at this point. The Bears. Uh, you have the, um, the Green the Bay Lions. Packers who will be handing it off, right, to Jordan Love. You have the yeah. Lions, how bad they are. You know, the, the Vikings will be in a very good position and you would think would be, uh, would you think odds on favor to at least win the NFC North if well, that's think, the case? I, I'm not sure I'd say odds on because it's a close, minus right? price, but they would probably be... Uh, Plus 120? Like 2-1? to one? Probably, uh, yeah, I would say plus... A small price, but right. we'll just say plus 125. Regardless, the like favorite to win that division. Um, you know what's interesting, too? The Steelers, if the Steelers picked up a quarterback, let's say they got a guy like Russell Wilson and they improve that offensive line, mm-hmm. that's the type of team you could maybe find some value in at 40 to 1 or higher. Uh, you got to really shop for the best numbers, but uh, that's a big key for the Steelers. Now, if the Steelers go into next season with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback, no thanks. No chance. Oh, wait, I got it. Okay, let me pull this up really quickly. You, uh, you, you've sparked my memory. One of the best tweets I saw from the weekend that was, uh, that ties into the Super Bowl. Are you ready for this? Speaking of Mason Rudolph, this is going to make you want to bet on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think. Mason Rudolph was verifiably statistically better in his lone start this season than Joe Burrow was in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, everyone will still tell me that Mason was the worst quarterback they ever saw. I didn't say he's the worst quarterback I've ever seen. <laughs> I said, uh, there's no way I'm going to bet a Steelers future if he's the quarterback. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and it does look like that is definitely heading uh, in that direction at this point right now. So uh, this far out, uh, we've seen the story, I think, of uh, was there a group or a better who had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. They bet it right after the previous Super Bowl, yeah. expecting that Tom Brady was going to be there. So as we sit here and talk about this and you think, well, what's the point? No, there's points. Like, there, there's a way to attack this. And I think for me, at least the one that zeroed in was the Vikings, because if Aaron Rodgers leaves your odds to win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. increase mainly because your odds of winning the division increase and thus home team all of those things we can go to so that was the one that made the most sense to me at least I can make some sense right? sure. given yeah, the core that they have at this point but I'll tell you this I would be excited to see what the Raiders offense looks like if they get Devontae Adams out there 
Uh, you talked about Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. I mean, that, that could be a dangerous offense. The AFC West, if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, is going to be ridiculous. And, and what makes this also interesting for hunting for next year, because uh-huh. what's the one thing that change or the position that changes everything is quarterback, right? And we've now seen back-to-back years where teams go mercenary and yeah. go, you know what, let's just go get a guy because we're him away and we'll win a Super Bowl, right? Buccaneers get Brady. First year in Rams the offense, Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. First right. year in the offense, Matthew Stafford wins the Super Bowl. It can happen fast. Right, so if Aaron Rodgers is available, if Russell Wilson becomes available, but if they really don't and if Rodgers is the only guy, I mean, the free agent quarterback market's a mess. If you're talking about, like, guys who are going to change the landscape of things, like Jimmy well. Garoppolo or... Other you know, Garoppolo could um, – I think he could help a team like Tampa Bay. If Tom Brady stays retired, he could help a team like the Colts possibly. Uh, you know, but you got Russell – possibly have Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson. You got some guys out there who could make a difference. Uh, later in the show, we're going to review our prop bets, the wins and losses. Um, also – Johnny Avello is going to join yep. us next to talk about the uh, Super Bowl betting. Yep, let's uh, talk with Johnny on the other side. We'll get the bookmaker's perspective on what uh, was reported by some as a record day. I think Station Casinos out here said it was the best Super Bowl ever for and, Station Casinos. Yeah, until next year. Yeah, I was going to say, until next yeah. year. Hopefully it's not, right? Hopefully the Super Bowl's going to be in Vegas in two years. How much betting do you think there'll be on that game? Oh, man, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk with Johnny Avello, get the bookmaker's perspective as you wrap up the last 30 minutes here on VSIN. This is The Edge on VSEN, the sports betting network. Play at Dog the Films Tatum versus Dog 50-yard fetch for free for a shot to win a share of $10,000 on February 14th. Hey, that's today. Catch cash with Channing Tatum when you make your predictions at this free-to-play pool. And we'll be donating an additional $10,000 to Tech for Heroes. Head to DraftKings.com slash DogTheFilm now to join the action. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Let's welcome in Johnny Avello, head honcho, over at DraftKings to recap the day that was. Johnny, it's good to talk to you. So, the favorite wins but does not cover. That means what for you behind the counter? Uh, good scenario for us, JVT. Uh, the we had a lot of Bengal money, not only on the money line but on the side too. So uh, it worked out well for us. Uh, if the Bengals would have won the game, I would have been talking in a different language. It would have been what? If the Bengals won the game, it would have been. It would have been. I would have been explaining it differently to you. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. I like it. What did you think about the game in general, Johnny, and uh, the way it played out? Because we were talking about Sean McVay got extremely uh, conservative with his offensive play calling, especially after OBJ went down last night. It looked for a while like the Bengals were going to win that game. Well, the uh, the refs kept the flags in the pocket all day, except for the ending of the game in the fourth quarter, probably in the last two minutes. And uh, that that's helped the Rams get there. A couple of uh, pass interference calls. Uh, and a bang, and then their defense actually re- really showed up. Their defensive pressure was strong in the fourth quarter, and that's what got them there too. What would you make of Joe Burrow's play in general? Um, obviously didn't make the plays he had to to win the game, and he was under a lot of pressure. What do you What do you think of Burrow's game? I think he played uh, probably. He could. I mean, could he have played better? Yes, but remember, uh, just being in the league a few years, and um, I, I thought he did okay. The pressure. They, they had a game plan to get rid of the ball quickly, pass 
quick passes, uh, try to run the ball, establish that game. Uh, but, I, I, you know, if he was going to go for longer passes, he probably would have got sacked more because he's already sacked six times, wasn't he? So uh, the game plan was, was fine. It just, uh, just fell a little bit short. Um, if they were able to advance the ball another 20 yards on the last drive, uh, they you know, could have tied it up, and then who knows. But I think he did okay. I mean, Joe Burrows, uh, I like Joe Burrows, a quarterback, and I think he has many good years to come. Johnny Avello is all right, John. Uh, also, uh, in terms of the side, we talk about that, right? Favorite winning, not covering. Uh, what about from a totals perspective? How popular in terms of over under? Uh, what did that work out for you? We balanced that out fairly well, but uh, we we did need the under. Um, I bet you guys bet the under, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't touch the total. <laughs> no total bets. Had the oh, Bengals, Bengals plus four and a half, and uh, actually made a Rams money line play before the game last night, so it worked out well that way. Yeah, that helped us, too, because of all the parlays, the same game parlays, and even the straight bets, uh, we were high on the on the over. So uh, a good result and the total also. So, John, one of the uh, props that you, we were discussing and that had a lot of discussion going into Super Bowl Sunday uh, was the first kickoff to be returned. Uh, was that as popular at your shop as it was just in terms of conversation around it? Yeah, you know, we actually had the first kick. I saw a bet come in late, uh, $100,000 on would the first kick kickoff be a uh, touchback. So uh, that was that was a huge bet. That's probably the biggest bet we've ever taken on on the touch. You know, first kick to be a touchdown. Think about it. That's like a two nine bet normally, right? Yeah. So what were some of the more popular plays in terms of the props that you guys were sweating out at DraftKings? I can tell you some, some of the most popular OBJ first touchdown score uh, or any time score. And over five and a half sacks. That was even money. They bet that. But they also went over uh, three and a half Rams sacks, minus 160. Um, over one and a half Cincinnati field goals. That, that got there. Uh, Joe, uh, let's see. Uh, T. Higgins anywhere. TD score. Um, and then uh, Cup to score. Cup to score a touchdown both halves, six to one. And Cup to anytime score, minus 190. Uh, they're the ones that did the most damage in the prop market. Um, the players were all over. Multiple bets on, on all of those. That was a handle on the Super Bowl because uh, the wagering handle, I think, is just going to balloon year after year after year. And you got uh, legalized wagering across the country. DraftKings, I assume, had a monster handle on this game. Was it more than you expected, Johnny? Did it surpass expe- expectations? It was about what I expected, Matt. You know, all-time biggest handle for DraftKings and uh, – you know, there was no reason for it not to be. Every game during the playoffs was was bigger than last year for us, and no reason why the Super Bowl wouldn't be. Uh, what ended up? What did Nevada guys say? Did they also say it was a record handle? Uh, I don't. Uh, did the Nevada guys say it was a record handle out here? Uh, I haven't heard record. Uh, yeah. I haven't. I haven't heard anybody throw around the record numbers yet. But uh, everybody says it's a pretty strong handle. I don't think it's going to be a record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for us it was. Uh, the action, the action was great, and uh, there's no reason to be being in 18 states. We we figured it was going to be a big number. Johnny Avella with us. All right, John. Well, also for next year, you guys do have the odds up as do many shops. Uh, anything early from uh, the betters out there that you have taken on for next year? Because we're already counting down the days until the preseason starts. Yeah, I know you have. <laughs> Everybody has. Uh, Cowboys a little bit of money. They're at fourteen to one now. Rams, the, the, the defending champs, are ten to one. Um, 
Uh, let's see, Bengals fourteen to one. Just a little bit there. People are uh, people are just waiting, kind of looking to see where some of these QBs are going to end up before next season starts. That's going to certainly make an impact on what these odds are. So when you're talking about those quarterbacks, I think right at the forefront right is Aaron Rodgers, and you're talking about uh, at your your shop at least uh, the 49ers. Uh, you have the Green Bay Packers, and you have the Denver Broncos, all kind of floating around in the same range, 14, 16, and 20 to one. He's been tied to a couple of those teams. Uh, think we're going to leave the Green Bay Packers. So what do you do with a team like the Packers once he officially leaves? How far does that drop? Uh, once he officially leaves, you mean how far do we raise it? Uh, I don't think a hundred. I don't think a hundred is ridiculous uh, because you know love is the, now is at the count. I don't think he's going to get it done, and the Packers may be lucky to make the playoffs. Yeah, I would think you're going to see the Pack. You'd see the Packers without Aaron Rodgers and with Jordan Love probably drop to the fifty to one range. Hopefully is that fair? Yeah. Oh, and then and then plus. Yeah. Hey, uh, Johnny, you went down to Scottsdale last week, and I know you were doing some DraftKings business down there for the uh, Phoenix Open, and uh, we were down there last August uh, to play that course, TPC Scottsdale. How great was that lead-in to the Super Bowl yesterday with the three-hole playoff and Scotty Scheffler cashing a 25-1 to yesterday? Yeah, you know, I'd never been to the Phoenix Open, so that was my first time down there. They they do an amazing job. Uh, you know, the, their hospitality couldn't be better. Uh, for us at DraftKings, we had a uh, we had two places. We had places where the general public could come between the tenth and the seventeenth uh, hole, and uh, you know, you'd, you'd come by and you deposit a minimum of two hundred fifty dollars. We just give you thirty percent. And bets, and then if you uh, if you made a putt, then we we uh, do ninety percent in bets. So we get a lot of traffic there the entire week, uh, and then we were we had presence over in the sixteenth hole, which is kind of amazing. Uh, the first day I was there Monday, I think there were only maybe fifty people there. You would think there were you know fifty thousand. So I couldn't even imagine what it was like yesterday, or when the hole in one took place. Yeah, that was crazy, especially when uh, Sam Ryder made the ace on Saturday in uh, the beer can shower on mm-hmm. the green at the uh, number 16. Johnny, are you okay with that? Lou Finicaro of Vsin was uh, like a grumpy old man on Twitter saying that uh, golf is a, a sport with um, uh, rules and decorum and you can't throw trash on the course and celebrate the ace. Oh, I said, this is a one-time type of deal. This is a different type of of golf tournament. You're a guy who's uh, played a lot of golf. Did you have a problem with that trash shower after Ryder's ace on Saturday? No, I thought it was spectacular, and I think it should happen <laughs> every year. And, and I'll tell you another thing is that the players are buying into it. You saw you saw the players out are taking off their shirts, and yeah. you know they're you could play you could play you know a, a whole segment of music when those guys are hitting the ball. They don't care. They, they know what's going on down there, and uh, like I said, they buy into it and this. This is just going to get bigger. Yeah, I thought it was great. Actually, year, Matt, think about uh, think about next year, Matt, when the tournament and the Super Bowl are all in the same city. Yeah, and then it's going to be outstanding when it's in uh, Vegas in a couple of years too. Uh, so, uh, really looking forward to that, Johnny. Uh, appreciate you jumping on today, man. It's been a uh, it's been a great football season, yep. and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. We'll talk some more golf and uh, college hoops and NBA. Thank you, guys. Okay. Appreciate it, man. 
Uh, yeah, Lou Finicaro said on Twitter, you know, golf is a, a sport of etiquette and decorum. This is oh unfortunate. God. You don't recognize that. Talk about a grumpy old man. Jeez. Hmm. No, I don't think anybody had a problem with that. <laughs> I've just found it. it. That's incredible. How you could you have a problem golf, with that? Huh? Come on, that's great. People loved it. You never get to see golfers in like a raucous situation. You, gotta, you want to see one one time a year? You have uh, a rowdy atmosphere at a golf tournament. And you have a grumpy old man complaining right. about it. Okay. Let's talk. Hey, we'll recap the uh, prop bets we gave out last week. Have best bets for today as well. Little NBA. We'll wrap it up here on the edge. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. Best Bets brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the package of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com slash find, locate a store near you, ZYN dot com slash find warning product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical yeah nobody wants to deal with that leaky equipment no no, that's that's the worst somebody at the party i was at on sunday had a vape i was like "Ah, come on man let's get get out switch to zen i pulled i pulled pulled one out of my pocket i was like yeah try one of these no baggage uh all right super bowl props recap uh the sunday that was uh for me uh, not great in terms of a lot of them, a little plus of the plus props, though, right? Like, so, for example, Rams minus three and a half doesn't get there. Stafford over passing yards, 278 and a half. This is where you shot for the best number. Some spots at 285 and a half, right? Other spots uh, as low as 278 and a half. So, went over that. Stafford completions minus two and a half over Evan Mobley points and rebounds. That was a winner. Uh, Joe Burrow completions plus one and a half over Darius Garland points and assists. How about this? Garland had one assist in that game. I was like, hell yeah. He had 27 points. Oh, did he <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that was against Philadelphia. Uh, Von Miller got the first sack for the Rams. Not the first sack overall, though, in the game. That actually went to, to Hendrickson. So that doesn't catch Floyd. First sack plus uh, 600. Game tied again after 0-0. Uh, not the case at minus 115. And then uh, the one I felt good about after, uh, what, a quarter and a half. Odo Beckham Jr., MVP 25-1, to off to a rip-roaring start. Ultimately, though, it goes down with injury. So, Yep, so, yeah. that... Uh... He, you would have had a decent chance to cash out 25-1. It would have yeah. made a much different Super Bowl for you. And um, 
Dudes are just what's uh, that? I was gonna say it also just sucks because Odell Beckham Jr. You know, tearing your ACL in the Super Bowl when you finally get there well, after everything that, that you know sucks. What? I think if you actually, I think if you ask most of those guys, most of the Aaron Donald, a lot of those Rams players, would you trade a torn ACL during the game for the Super Bowl championship? They'd I mean, probably say yes. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I would assume in the moment though, yeah. especially when your team goes down to those two chaotic yeah. plays after the third quarter and you can't go help, like that would that would probably be a. A crappy feeling, we'll put it that way. I tore my ACL and MCL playing pickup basketball about uh, 10 or 11 years ago. You finished the game, though. Well, I actually walked off walked off the court, went home, drank an entire bottle of whiskey to kill the pain. I was hoping the next morning when I woke up that it would be healed. It was not. Then you performed surgery on yourself? And, uh, I did not get a Super Bowl championship to go with it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway... Bengals plus four and a half uh, winner last night, 38 and 30 to finish the NFL season. Here are the prop plays, which went eight and nine uh, on the list I put out, but uh, very profitable when yep. you hit the first TD of the game. Odell Beckham yep. at eight to one. Uh, the Rams pump before they score. Bengals pump before they score. Uh, team to make the longest field goal. I like this prop a lot. Bengals minus McPherson, 120. Man. McPherson did not even have a long attempt in the game. Uh, Longest made field of the game, field goal of the game, over 46 and a half. No long attempts last night. It was a little bit surprising. The longest uh, field goal was 41 yards by Matt Gay, mm-hmm. right? Yes. A two-point conversion attempt. Got lucky on that one. Uh, even money winner. First turnover of the game. Uh, JVT, how about the, the price adjustment on that prop? When I bet the first turnover of the game, interception minus 110, I thought, man, how is interception minus 110? That should be a bigger favorite. I saw it close minus $2 at yep. some books. Uh, so that was a, a mispriced prop. Stafford to throw an interception. He threw two. Yes, at minus 130. Uh, incompletions by Burrow, 11 and a half. Loser. He had 11. Yep. He should have had a few more throwaways. Uh, the Burrow props ended up as losers, and that surprised me a lot. That, to me, that was the biggest surprise of the Super Bowl is the Burrow just didn't get as involved. Well, those and sacks you're talking, we were talking about, right? He just kept sacks taking went them over. over, over. Yep. Yeah, the sacks went over. Mixon went over his rushing yard total. That was a loser. Cam Akers under his rush, way under his rushing yard total winner. Game decided by exactly three points. Yes, a four to one odds. And uh, Burrow to win MVP as a loser. So uh, that's a good prop recap. In there, huh? Actually, had four more props. I think about 21 props in the game. Nice. It was a pretty good game. Would you, uh, really quickly, well. before we get to the NBA thing, what did you think of Stafford's interceptions? Because I, I, you know. Well, the first throw, I really didn't have a problem with it. Right, right. Uh, yeah. I, I thought he made the right play. Throw might have been a little bit short, but the DB made a good play. I thought the receiver could have made a better effort, uh, made a better play on the ball. I'm not going to say, wow, that's Matthew Stafford making a I saw a lot of mistake. Here, Here we go Stafford. again, It'll Matthew Stafford. No, that's, I didn't think that was that bad a pick. And actually, the second one, uh, you know, it's a deflected pass mm-hmm. and – could the pass have been a little bit better? Yeah, but it probably should have been caught, too. So. so two things. One, the egregious part about the first interception was not the interception itself. It was running up the – was it, they did like a draw play or something, like a second and oh, 15 yeah, yeah. to set him up to try to force something yeah. downfield. Um, and then the other part was because you don't want to give my boy enough credit here, Matthew Stafford, uh, the newly minted killer. The no-look pass to Cooper Cup on the final drive was absolutely incredible. That was pretty good. That was absolutely nuts. For yeah. those who haven't seen it, it's worth looking at. Uh, the uh, pass that he hit Cooper Cup over the middle where he stares the guy off, and he's looking directly to his right and just throws a beautiful pass to the center mm-hmm. of the field. Uh, Stafford on the last drive was pretty good, but the killer throws two interceptions and uh, gets the win. So good for Matthew Stafford. Good for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, if you saw that box score, as you just saw the, uh, the numbers for the quarterbacks and right. said, okay, bet this game. Uh, you would have bet a lot of money on the Bengals because the losing quarterback had no interceptions and the winning quarterback had two. Right. Uh, but Stafford did make the plays when he had two there at the end. All right, the association tonight, you're going to be on the 
the Follow the Money show tomorrow as a guest with us at 5.30 to break down a big Tuesday card in the association. What do you have yeah. tonight? This, so this is from the column this morning, Spurs plus five and a half. Uh, and hopefully you read it when it was posted because it's down to three and a half in some spots, mm-hmm. other spots four. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. And the market actually moved uh, to this five and a half from the overnights this morning. It was uh, uh, opened up four, got to as high as five and a half. But the Bulls, um, looks like Javante Green is questionable to play. Zach Levine is dealing with a left knee injury. He's away from the team at this point right now. Uh, they are the fifth worst defensive team in the NBA over the last month or so now. The Chicago Bulls and the Spurs match up relatively well with them the first time they played, by the way. Uh, An average 1.3 points per possession in a win for San Antonio. So I was really surprised the market kind of got in on Chicago early from the overnights. Clearly, somebody agreed, and the market agreed as well, pushing this back down. And uh, I will say this in favor of Chicago now that this is down to three and a half. Uh, the Spurs are in the middle of their famous rodeo road trip. Uh, this is going to be the, uh, let me see here, fourth game of the road trip, third game in four nights, all on the road. So it's not the best situation for San Antonio, but it's not like they've been going all over the place. So five and a half seemed to be the peak. It's what I wrote the last line of the uh, the game here. I would expect five and a half, the best numbers better is going to get. So take the bite. Sure enough, that was the case. So hopefully uh, we'll say, we've talked about this, right? I think the last like five plays gotten the best of the number each time mm-hmm. ultimately has not worked out. So hopefully it does this time around. Yeah, no no guarantee when you get to the best <laughs> the best of the number you're going to win the game. Killing it with closing, closing line, line value, value is important though. <laughs> it is, it with it the is CLB, important. Baby. If you want to win in the NBA, wake up early in the morning. Yeah, that's, well, that's going to be uh, with us 5:30 Pacific tomorrow morning, and uh, you'll have your market report up on vcin.com. Friday on the vcin email, I had one college hoops play. UNLV yes. plus nine against Boise State. Uh, Rebels were up what seven at halftime. Mm-hmm. I think you ended up losing the game by six or seven. Um, if you want to see how officials can manipulate a game, watch the second half of UNLV Boise and see how the Rebels got screwed by the officials. UNLV probably should have won the game straight up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a screw job by the officials in the second half, but the Rebels get the money. They cover the inflated number, and that was a winner. I'm not going to play anything in college hoops tonight. Did gotta, Rice did uh, pump his fists at the, uh, huh? the air when they won no. the game? Leon Rice? Uh-huh. No. Uh, you know... Uh, the Phoenix Open turned out to be a really good tournament. It was fun. Um, that was my third golf future win on this West Coast swing. I've actually cashed four. I don't count it personally, but I, I rode the coattails of Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon on uh, Tom Hoagie the previous week at Pebble Beach. But Scotty Scheffler, we finally got to the win column with Scotty Scheffler. His first PGA Tour win, it was not without a sweat. It came in a three-hole playoff yesterday. And I have to give uh, a tip of the cap to Brian Rogers of Sin who had uh, – he had odds of 330 to 1 on Sahith Thigala. Really? 330 to yeah. 1. Wow. And he came up short with a bridesmaid. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a great play by Rodgers. He comes up empty, but uh, really well handicapped. Uh, but Scheffler cashes a 25 to 1 in a matchup winner with Brooks Kepka over Tony Finau, who missed the cut. We'll have more uh, golf plays this week and point spread weekly on the Long Shot Show and on the Follow the Money Show as well as we uh, move to L.A. for this week's golf tournament. Uh, This is going to be the end of the West Coast Swing, which I hate because I typically do really well on the West Coast Swing. West Coast Golf is better. Huh? West Coast Golf is just better. Although I do like the Honda Classic. West Coast is the best coast. That's right. I like like all sports better on the West Coast. But uh, I typically do much better handicapping the golf tournaments on the West Coast than I do on the East Coast. But uh, this is the last one. Out west this week in L.A. Last 60 seconds here. It is a short but intriguing card in college hoops. Did you? Did anything catch your fancy? No, because I looked at it, and I, I really wanted to take the night off. I had so much betting action over the weekend. Yeah. It kind of get burnt out the day after the Super Bowl. 
You know what? You kind of have a betting hangover, and you need to take a night off to just uh, protect your sanity. And then I got to prepare for the 4 a.m. show, so I don't want to sweat out basketball games tonight. Yeah. I said, uh, not going to handicap tonight's card. I looked at it, and there was nothing to jump off the page at me. Worth so. mentioning Oregon from three and a half to five in that matchup late tonight, Washington State uh, and Kansas against Oklahoma mm-hmm. State. Uh, Kansas right now, I've got on the screen. What are we looking at here? Up to or down to, no, that's Kansas State. Really quickly, 10.5 of the total of 143.5 right now. So not move on the total, but move on the side there. With that, we are all done. Edge, of course, will be back tomorrow. Humans will be back on Follow the Money. My guys in the desert, coming up next. We'll see you. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.